Halloween. The festival of Samhain. The last great one took place 3,000 years ago when the hills ran red with the blood of animals and children. Sacrifices are part of our world, our craft. Witchcraft? To us, it was a way of controlling our environment. It's not so different now. It's time again. In the end, we don't decide these things, you know. The planets do. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Toxic Taste. It's been a little while since we've dropped a new episode for you, but uh, better late than never, right, Eddie? Oh, that is true, old Danny. Yeah, we got a, a pretty good one here for you today, uh, considering it's the October uh, October season. You know, some might call it Halloween season. You know, it is Halloween season, but uh, I've always kind of figured the, the whole month of October kind of feels like uh, Halloween month, you know? Well, I mean, let's be honest, it's usually Halloween year, but yeah. for most of you normal folk, it's <laughs> yeah. just a month. Right, right. <laughs> but And that's funny you brought up a season, because uh, today <laughs> we'll be uh, diving into, uh, in long-form version, Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Yep, and without further ado, uh, go ahead and queue up your uh, your streamers, your DVD players, your VCRs, whatever you're watching this on. Beta, if you still have Beta, that. Beta, if you got that, yeah. I mean... Yeah, the Hubble telescope, whatever, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, queue up your, your your watching capabilities, and uh, I'm going to give you a countdown here, and uh, we're going to start it in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and hit play. So uh, you should be seeing the stars and the planet here with uh, the Universal logo popping up, an MCA company, and this is going to lead us right into the beginning of the movie here. It's interesting that Universal picked this movie up. Uh, well, they did the new one, too. Well, they did, yeah. They did do the, the most recent one and all that. Yeah. And, man, I'll tell you what. Like, this, uh, the intro to this movie, this very beginning here, is one of my all-time favorite intros to any movie. Because, like, it's it's creepy in a way that just doesn't really exist anymore. If now, that did makes Carpenter any sense. do the score to this one? Him and Alan Howarth, I believe, did it together. Okay. Well, clearly, you can see there it was a yeah. Carpenter production. Now, he didn't want to do a second Halloween, though, correct? Right. Is that he, uh, how the story goes? Yeah, like he, he was, was kind of forced into it? Well, yeah, he was offered money uh, to do it. And he basically, you know, he's said in interviews like that it was you know, pretty much all about the money for the second one. Like, he really didn't have any creative interest in it. And you hear that a lot on other movies. And I, know, I don't know if we touched on it or maybe we did. I, uh, on the Nightmare on Elm Street, Wes Craven didn't want to do a second one, but... Because it it was commercially successful, they wanted to, and it's funny how money plays in a lot yeah. of things. Well, like Carpenter didn't actually direct this one; like this is directed by somebody else. But like, uh, right. uh, Carpenter, like I guess like he helped uh, write it and stuff, you know, and obviously produced it and did the music. So I mean, it's basically a Carpenter movie. It's just you know, somebody else just directed it. So do much. You, I mean, now I I don't know a lot of the backstory on this. I mean, I, I, I enjoy the movie. I know growing up, I, I didn't watch it because, well, for the big reason that, hey, there is no ointment. For those of y'all who haven't actually seen this movie, pause it or, or turn the volume down because, spoiler alert, Michael Myers is not in this movie. Nah, but this, uh, 
you know, this movie is really underrated in the sense that, like, it, it has, like, like, you can hear right now, like, the, the music in this. Like, to me, is like, some of the best, like, uh, atmospheric, spooky music ever in a horror movie, I think. Like, just because, like, it, it fits so well with, like, the theme of the movie. Like, you see the, basically what we're seeing is the pumpkin coming together on this, uh, on the on the TV screen, basically. And that'll play into the story later as we watch this. But, uh, you know, like, it just, I don't know, man. Like, there's just something really, like, eerie about this opening to me. You know what I mean? Especially, like, how, when you know, like, how the, the story progresses. Exactly. You know? And I think that you know, and, and and not to touch or to touch fact a little bit more on the whole no Michael Myers. A lot of people, I I would assume, I know growing up because I I used to watch a lot of horror movies with my aunts and all that. That they said this wasn't one of their favorites because of that mm-hmm. simple fact that there was no boogeyman. Well, the uh, I guess like the original premise uh, for this for people that don't know is uh, Carpenter's talked in interviews before about how like. The whole concept of doing a third Halloween, the reason why he kind of signed on to like be a part of it was uh, the whole approach was going to be like every year he was going to do another Halloween movie with a completely different story. So like, if this had been successful without Michael Myers, uh, Halloween Four would have been like another John Carpenter Halloween movie, but like it would have been a completely different story. So essentially, so, like, like an anthology, like a creep yeah. show, but one feature length movie each yeah, year. Each year, yeah. Like that was like his plan, which I think. Even now, dude, like that's a fucking goldmine of an idea. But like, you can't really do it because like the Halloween name's already taken, and people want to see Michael Myers. I mean, it's kind of not really like it, well, yeah. And not only that, but I mean, they've even tried to recreate the wheel, so to speak, with the whole Halloween franchise. Like, I mean, w- the Rob Zombie series, and and thank goodness that you know the, the folks at Blumhouse have kind of went back to more of the. Uh, the original roots. Yeah, I know they changed the story a little bit, which is okay. Oh yeah, it's but like, I mean, it 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 went back to how it should have been interpreted. I guess you could say. Well, I think like one of the good things that Blumhouse has going for them is they're smart enough to listen to John Carpenter, like because he uh like he's been involved with like creative direction of like the new Halloweens, like that they're making. Like he's not he's not directing it or anything or writing it, but. Uh, but it's got know, his flavor on it's it. It's got his flavor on it. And, like, I've heard the the guy, uh, I forget his name, but David Green, I think his name is, that directed the most recent Halloween. Like, he's talked about in interviews how, you know, he's kind of like, like, he'll do, like, dailies and, like, he'll send it to John Carpenter and, like, ask his opinion and, like, what he should change or what he should do different or, which, again, like I said, I mean, that's kind of what they got going for them is, like, they're smart enough to listen to the horror master, you know? Well, not only that, but it also gives kind of, like, his stamp of approval because you kind of yeah. want that, you know, from... Because in a way, you're kind of paying homage to it. Right. Yeah. Well, that's what it is, basically. Yeah. Where I think the Rob Zombie uh, part of it was, I mean, I, I don't know. I just felt like that was, it It was a failure in my eyes. Um, well, well, what I didn't like about the Rob Zombie, like the first one that he did, was like, it just, it went into too much of, uh, he tried to give too much of a backstory to the Boogeyman, you know what I'm saying? Like, what made the original Halloween scary to me, just in my opinion, is like, you didn't know why he was like killing, you know. I mean, it was it was mysterious. Like, is he supernatural? Is he just a lunatic? Like, like what is it? Like, what's going on behind the mask? Like, you didn't know. You don't want to give away too much of the, of the um, of the monster. I don't think. Well, and and I know outside of the podcast when we've talked, I, I consider Halloween one of the scariest movies of all time. Yeah, because that could actually happen. Yeah, that's why it's spooky. You know. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's it's plausible. 
Now, outside of getting shot and falling out, you know, that's whatever. But, I mean, I, I understand you have to have a little bit of a backstory, but you're, you're correct. For the first half of the that the Rob Zombie remake or re-imaging, I guess you could call it. Yeah. It was all about the backstory. That's like yeah, it's said, like it just kind of they they were basically the wind out of the sails. Yeah, they basically just turned him into like a kid that got bullied, you know what I mean, and like decided to put on a mask and start killing people. So I mean, it just kind of took away all the um I don't know, all the scariness of it, I think. Well, Cuz they they almost kind of tried to make him like a sympathetic character, you know. Instead of like a force of evil, like a force of nature, like a fallen angel or well, like I mean, just not necessarily a fallen angel, but just like a like a, an unstoppable force of nature is kind of what Michael Myers is in the originals, you know. Like you don't really know like what's driving him, but like you know he's he's got some kind of unspoken, undetailed uh, thing in him that like drives him to kill. You know what I mean? And, and, and in the later uh, later later uh, installments, like especially like the 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 end of the fifth and the beginning of the sixth one. You see where they try to go with that whole occult and yeah and the Templar and all that type of you know and I actually I didn't hate the sixth one like I know a lot of people don't really like that one but like I thought it was uh I thought they tried to actually do something with the story you know what I'm saying because like after part five I think part five is one of the uh, I don't know one of the weaker of the franchise installments because it just I feel like they just didn't really describe what was going on like because like at the end you know it's like you got the guy in the hat that shows up and blows up the police station and breaks him out but it's like who was that guy you know i mean like they didn't really describe it so well well kind of you kind of touch face or touch base in that sixth one a little bit yeah that's what i'm saying like they they at least tried to pick up in the sixth one and kind of describe like who those people were you know what i'm saying but they didn't go to detail either because i mean it starts out well they, they they actually do like in the producer's cut like because oh. uh, they they describe like the whole like uh like cult background like how the cult was like you know trying to manipulate like evil and stuff like it's the, the I, oh, rec- so I definitely modern recommend day that. hollywood yeah like I, I definitely recommend the sixth one like for anybody that's wanted to uh check out the producer's cut of that it's really good and paul rudd's in it <laughs> yeah yeah paul rudd's in it yeah Man, that'd be a hell of a uh, <laughs> hell of a night to some guy breaking into your gas station on a rainy night. Yeah, and, and, clutching and, a Halloween mask. Yeah, a pumpkin nonetheless. It, now they don't they don't ever really touch base on where this was filmed or you know what city do they? Like, um, obviously, Haddonfield is the first. Yeah, I don't think uh, this has anything to do with Haddonfield. I think this is kind of more... I, I think they do actually kind of talk about it like in the movie at some point. Like I think they're out in California for this. Somewhere Look out like, at that. like North, North California or somewhere like that. Tom Atkins. The Tom. I think he's wearing a members-only jacket, too. Wow. <laughs> it's the 80s. You know, here's another thing I you, you don't see, especially the, if I'm not mistaken, weren't these folks divorced? Uh, yeah, yeah. The story here is that they're divorced, I believe. Well, hopefully so, because well, <laughs> well, <later on>. yeah. <laughs> you know, and these masks look really good. I think like the the silver shamrock masks, oh, and yeah. that's like the the skull and the witch and the pumpkin. 
Like, even now, like, I mean, like, you know, back in the early 80s and 70s, I mean, you really didn't have, like, masks that looked that good. No. In the, stores the, that you could buy. The detail. Yeah, but, like, the detail in these, I mean, even now, like, you could go into a store now and, like, see those and be like, man, that looks really fucking good. <laughs> Which, uh, to me, kind of makes me wonder why you don't see, like, Halloween Express and places like that actually, like, manufacturing these masks. I don't know, like... Well, I wonder if it's if it's a copyright thing or... Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying, like, with whoever owns the copyright, like, you know, uh, working that out somehow. Because, I mean, I think that would do really well. But then again, I mean, it's one of those things, too. Like, this movie wasn't really a success. But it did go on to be successful, like... In most recent years, like people discovering it on DVD and uh, you know streaming and stuff like that, like it, it, it found its audience. I think, well, yeah, it, it, I think it kind of goes back to if maybe this was its own entity, which it is, but it has the Halloween label on yeah. it to where people are kind of drawn off because there is no, yeah, there's masked people in it, yeah. but it's not. Well, dude, I've always said that if they would have just shape. called this Season of the Witch. It would have done way better, I think. Like if they had just taken the Halloween name out of it and just called yep. it Season of the Witch, like that would have been that'd been great. Or even take the, the the as number three, because when you see Halloween three, you're thinking, oh, this is. But you know. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of that probably falls in the blame of like whoever was uh, behind marketing this. You know, That's they they did, they didn't market it in the sense of like. Like, people didn't know that this wasn't a Michael Myers movie, you know? Like, they just were calling Halloween 3. Like, I mean, they should have done something in the marketing to let people know that, like, hey, this, uh, we're going to call this Halloween, but, like, it's not actually going to feature Michael Myers, you know? Whereas people, I think the reason why people rejected it is because they went to the theater probably to see this and were expecting Michael Myers and just didn't well, get him, you know? and maybe they kind of played some trickery on him because they knew that if they did announce it, yeah. that nobody would go see the movie. Yeah. So they figured some butts in the seats are better than none. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, I guess. Yeah, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. You know, I mean, you just you can never really tell. You know, like if if it would have been done differently, like if it would have played out different, who knows? Now this isn't the first time Atkins and uh, Carpenter have worked together. Now the fog, uh, Escape from New York. Uh, what else? I know there's more. He didn't do none of the creeps. No. No, that was a two B movie. For Carpenter's taste. I mean Carpenter. Well, none of the creeps is a good fucking movie though. We'll have to do that one on this show. What was the one movie that Carpenter did before Halloween? I was uh, reading an Assault on Precinct thirteen? No, there was another one, I I'm pretty sure. Are you talking about the one like about the guy that's like a peeping Tom or whatever? Yeah, like in the apartment yeah, yeah. or something like that. I, I, I forget the name of the movie, yeah, but I know what you're talking about. Uh, supposedly that's like an underrated, yeah. I've really never, good horror movie. Yeah, I've never actually seen it. Like, I need to watch that. I was just reading an article about that. Let me see if I can... Yeah. You know, this is a good example, uh, a scene like this, I think, of uh, music being like a layer, like a, like a carpet layer almost. Like, like you know it's there, but it's it's subtle subtle in the sense of like, it's not like too, like over overly dramatic, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like, whereas movies now, 
if you had a scene like this, you'd have like all these like crazy like sound effects going on and like, you know, it'd be real loud and stuff. Whereas like to me I think this is scarier, like when you have like that quiet kind of like undertone oh, of like a synthesizer or something, you know? Well, and like you said, it it's it's all about It's all about mood. Yep. And atmosphere. Aesthetics. Yeah. Yeah, atmospheric for sure, man. Yeah, that's something you just don't really see anymore in movies, I don't think. Or it's very rare if you do. No, it was a science fiction movie, Dark Star. Oh, Dark Star, yeah. Yeah, that was... Uh, <clears throat> uh, I'm trying to remember. Like he, um, he talked about that in his documentary, like how that was like a college film. I think he did yep. that when he was in college. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wakes up the Atkins. <laughs> That's crazy how much different. Uh, like watching this movie, like how old it is, like how uh, the hospital setup is and everything, like. Nowadays, like, I mean, we just, we went to the hospital recently, like, to visit a friend, and, like, like, you almost have to, you have to go through, like, so much, like, to get, like, to rooms and to get, just to actually get inside. Like, whereas, like, these old, older setups here from the 80s and 70s, it's like, you just walk right in, you, you just know? walk right in. You know what, this, so much, it's like, similar setup to, like, Halloween 2 as far as the hospital. Yeah. Well, yeah, like, in, in the beginning here, for sure, yeah. Yeah, pre-fire. Yeah. Uh, and here comes the self emul whatever that word is emulsion. Now, have you ever uh, have you ever gone down like any of the rabbit trails of uh, uh, like a fan theories about Halloween three? No, I like <laughs> I actually ran across one the other day on uh, YouTube. I think it was, and uh, like the theory was actually kind of interesting. Like how they were trying to say like Michael Myers is actually a uh, a silver shamrock android. So for anybody that doesn't know, like the uh, the guy that just blew himself up there is like I mean, you find out here in a little bit that these guys are uh, androids. I did but, hear uh, that one actually. Yeah, like I, was, I always thought that was pretty interesting. Like I mean, it's I don't think there's really any validity to it, but I mean, you never know. Like I mean, I mean that would kind of make sense because that's why he he technically has never died, even though he was shot from Loomis. And then uh, well, the, the thing about it too, like is. Uh, in these silver shamrock masks, like later in the movie, I mean, they kind of tell you about how they are using like like mythical powers, like in the uh, in the masks and the things that they put on the mask or whatever, like to, to you know to do what they do later. I don't want to spoil it for anybody that hasn't seen it, but uh, <laughs> you know they don't like snakes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, they actually uh, like explain later that like there's actually like like ancient magic like in these masks. So I mean, it, it would make sense, like in a sense. If uh, if he was an android with like some kind of ancient like evil like enemy kind of like stone and all that stuff yeah. like I mean it's it's a fair theory you know what I mean if you really want to like go down a, a like a like I said a rabbit hole you know what though how much pot do you have to smoke to sit around and go you know what <laughs> yeah let's, let's yeah let's put let's put some sense behind this yeah yeah of how could Michael Myers exist yeah and I mean if you if you think about it. I mean, Loomis re- regarded him as, when he looked at him as a boy, he just saw p- pure evil. Yeah. Which, I mean, in actual times, you've heard people say that about like guys like Jeffrey Dahmer, like the, the coldness about them and whatnot. I, yeah, I would actually like to uh, meet Carpenter one day and like ask him, 
ask him about that theory. Like, if there's, a, you know, like, like what he thinks about that. Like, Michael Myers being a silver shamrock android. You know, and something else I'm kind of curious about, too. Like, if they were going to continue the Halloween series, like, with different stories each year, it just kind of makes me wonder if, like, if he had like any idea of like where to take it, like what his next story was going to be, if it was going to be a, in some way a continuation of this story or if it was going to be, you know, something different or. Well, I mean, it's a very good question. It also makes you wonder if maybe he, uh, he kind of went that route with some of his other movies after this was made, but like, yeah, like, that, Ghost that's, on Mars. That's a, that's a good point too. Yeah. Uh, even even Escape, uh, which I know came out before this, but I mean. Yeah. Well, like Prince of Darkness or something. Like yeah. that'd be that would fit perfect into well, like honestly, the Halloween they theme. live or they live. Yeah. Just I mean. The damsel in distress. Yeah. About to be wooed. He's about to move in on her. <laughs> By the feathered mullet. Yeah. <laughs> the big bad wolf, Tom Atkins. <laughs> There's only a couple guys that could pull off that feathered hair. Kenny Rogers. Tom Atkins. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson, yeah. And a couple of the uh, lethal weapons. And then the man with the best feathered mullet ever. Kurt Russell. Oh, easily. You know who can't really pull off the mullet very well? You may you may not agree. Stallone. I just don't see him as a a, a feathered mullet guy. Well, it looks good in Rambo. They can not Rambo remember. three though. Rambo three was a little bad. Yeah, Rambo three. He was kind of. Uh, he looked like Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think in part four. Rambo 4's hair looked pretty cool. Like, because it was kind of like, it wasn't like over the top. Like, no, it mullet, wasn't. Like, it was kind of like Uncle Jesse. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of more shaggy long kind of thing. Yeah, but not part three. Yeah. Yeah, part three was full on, like, permed mullet. <laughs> <laughs> but Kurt Russell, hands down. Oh, uh, Kurt Russell's hair probably looks awesome, like, just waking up in the morning. <laughs> that damn Goldie Hawn's a lucky woman. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> uh, you know, I like in this movie how they kind of got the timeline going and like letting you know like what day it is. And well, if they don't, the song will because each day yeah, yeah, changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four more days till Halloween, which is pretty uh, synonymous. I mean, well, you know that's just London Bridge is falling down, right? right? Yeah. It's and there's a reason for that. Yeah, copyright. Yeah. Well, it was, well, no, well, like, no, no, no copyright. That. It was well, pub- not only that, domain. but because. Uh, what about that? Yep. Hey, Myers does make an appearance in this. Yeah. But not only that, but what does London Bridge... It's a kid's song. Yeah. And as you find out... Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah, that's a good point. It, it They appeal to kids mm-hmm. for good. Yep. Uh-oh, she's there to... To swoon him in. Get a piece of the Atkins. Yeah. She wants the Atkins diet. <laughs> now her name is Stacy Nelkin, I believe. 
She's kind of got like a Joan Jet looking. Yeah. Yeah, last I seen, she still about looks the, the same, really. Like, um, I seen like an interview with her or something not too long ago, and uh, she, she don't really look a whole lot different than what she does there. Now, she didn't really do anything else after this. I mean, I don't... Uh, not that I really know of. Let me uh, let me Google it here real quick. Let's see uh, what's under the uh, the Nelkin filmography. Uh, I'm curious on on how they casted Tom Atkins or what made a, a Tom Atkins take the role. I mean. Uh, Maybe the working history with Carpenter? Pro yeah, probably the... I would say that's probably a big part of it. I mean... Yeah, filmography. Here we go. Uh, She's been in a decent amount of movies. I mean, this is probably the, the most well-known. Um, trying to see. I, I don't, I'm not really familiar with any of these other... Movies on here. Oh, but she's done some uh, TV shows uh, that are familiar. The Waltons, uh, Chips. Chips. Um, All the Air Team. Murder, She Wrote. Murder, Angel. Twilight Zone. Yeah, she's done some good stuff. Now they're at her dad's Halloween shop there right now. You know that that place reminds me of. There's a place in Fairborn, Ohio called Foy's. That it was, oh yeah, it's really cool because like yeah, that whole little little city they have like a fall festival, and uh, they have a, a costume shop, and it's really really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I believe we've we've talked about that before. That uh, that town. Yep, yep. Yeah, it's not far from, from us, about an hour or so. <laughs> oh, look at that. Time before cell phones. So great. Yeah, I was uh I was trying to remember who actually directed this. It was uh, Tommy Lee Wallace and he had uh he had a hand in the first Halloween as well. Like uh, I forget exactly like what he did, but I know that him and uh him and Carpenter are pretty pretty tight like their buddies from college and stuff so which is pretty cool like i mean when you when you look at uh all the carpenter's movies i mean you can kind of see that like he's he works with his friends you know what i mean like his friends are kind of like involved in all of his movies <laughs> kind of like sandler yeah yeah sandler's i mean really any director is kind of like that you know like uh you know you can kind of see like running themes of like the same people coming back like into their movies and stuff which I mean, it makes sense. I mean, if you get along with people, why not keep using them, you know? And, and if it's successful. Yeah, and if know. it works, yeah. I mean. Now, you know, like, people say that this wasn't really a successful movie, but, I mean, I'm kind of reading some of the stats right now, and, uh, you know, it says that uh, the budget of this was only two point five million, and it grossed fourteen point four million at the box office. So I mean, that's 
I mean, to me, that's kind of successful. Did this come out? 83? Uh, 82, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, 82. So that's not really that unsuccessful. I mean, it was it was the least successful of the franchise, but... It's, you know, it's not like... It's not like Terminator Dark Fate where, you know, you spend <laughs> 300 million and, you know, you... You only gross 10? You only gross 10 million. <laughs> Deservingly so. Deservingly so. That movie sucked. Don't sue us. Ah, they can't sue us for that. <laughs> for telling the truth? For, yeah, for, yeah. Just stating the obvious, you know. No. <laughs> Drone Town. This, this kind of reminds me of, like, Children of the Corn. <laughs> yeah, it's got that feel to it, you know. Malachi. But I, I think it's pretty interesting, like... Uh, Big Brother. Yeah, like, this was kind of like Big Brother before Big Brother. You know, like, watching these older movies like this, like, where they would kind of, like, explore themes of, like, surveillance towns and stuff like that. Like, I mean, you see that everywhere now, but back, back in the early 80s and 70s, I mean, you didn't really have that. You didn't really need it either. I don't need it now. It's just <laughs> it's a control thing. It's you know? near norm. Gotta hate that term. I do too. So I mean, in regards to like horror movies, yeah, this is a horror movie. It, it's a little on the slower side, but it's because it sets up. And they've even said it before after the, the Halloween, the big reveal. Yeah. So this is. You know, it's a slow pace. It builds up, but yeah. when you get to that climax, you just go, "What the fuck did I just watch?" Like, yeah, it's well, it's what I like to call a slow burn. Yeah, like it's got the, it's got the slow burn like build to it. You know, like it, it, that's the problem with a lot of movies nowadays is like they just want to jump straight to like the, you know, like the 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 meat and potatoes of it yep. instead of like letting it like. Letting it slowly get to that point because, like, I think, like, when you know how to build atmosphere and vibe, that's scarier than just jumping straight into something. Well, I mean, even the original Halloween, yeah, I mean, it started off with him as a kid, but really, all that did was set up the backstory and yeah. set the set up for what was going to happen. Yeah, and then the ensuing scenes afterward, you know, you didn't really see any killing hardly, and if I'm not mistaken. Minimal blood in yeah. that movie. Yeah. Minimal. Yeah. Yeah, it's very little. Nice strong Irish name. Hence Silver Shamrock. Well, we see a family coming in for now. <laughs> they almost took Atkins' head off. <laughs> this is like, uh, almost like, uh, what, uh, what's the uh, Clark Griswold's cousin's name? Eddie? Cousin, yeah. It's kind of like Cousin Eddie here. <laughs> I was here. <laughs> Oh, that kid's a punk. <laughs> Did he just flip his mom off? It looked like it. 
Forty dollars for a room, yeah. That's nice. Right. Now you get the damn bill and it's like 170. Now here's a fun fact. That woman that just walked by there, that's yeah. actually Tom Atkins' wife or was his wife back when this was filmed. I don't know if it still is or not. <laughs> well. But he's he's talked about that in interviews. Zoo, you saw two people, Tom. Come on, cut it out. <laughs> and now he's going in. Speaking of the slow burn, this is where Atkins is. Uh, moves in for the kill. He moves in. There it is. There's the the hook. Yeah, he's throwing out the bait. The line. And now the sinker. (laughs) (laughs) Get her, Tom. (laughs) It don't matter that your wife's in the other room. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So smooth. Now, something kind of interesting here, like the, uh, you got the, uh, the curfew, the curfew audio over the, uh, town, which is kind of interesting now, like, that we, that we watch something like this, because, I mean, we just, we've had curfews recently with this COVID bullshit. Police state. This is kind of like this this whole premise, not with the mask and all that, but I mean, just like this whole town. It's kind of, it's kind of like a cross of like they live and all that with yeah. the with the the police the surveillance surveillance, yeah, like yeah, the curfews. Which I mean, they live came out what eighty six seven somewhere around there somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of uh, a lot of Carpenter's movies, when you watch them, I mean, they kind of deal a lot with like like uh, where the world was heading at that point in time, like in the eighties. You know, like was heading towards like this ultra surveillance, uh, new new world order kind of thing. You know what I mean? Well, that was a big fear back then. That and the yeah. communists, you know, with the Cold War going on. I mean, the town's dead. Well, yeah, the uh, the Silver Shamrock Company basically, you know, runs this town. So that's that's kind of the the thing about it. Like, I mean, you kind of find out later, like when when Atkins tries to call the police, like you know, there is no police. Santa Mira. Yeah, I believe that's in California. Makes sense. What was the town in Lost Boys? 
That was in uh, Santa Monica, I believe. It was in Santa Monica. I, I yeah. can't remember if it... Santa Monica Boulevard, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was Santa Monica. Oh <laughs> He's just like, ah, it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> Where'd you hear rumors from? <laughs> the bottle. Yeah, the bottle told him. is intrigued and of course uh with the whole town being under surveillance you know you, you come to you come to see the cocker and uh sees and hears everything <laughs> what the guy failed to, to realize is that this was his last halloween <laughs> yeah You know, and it does kind of make me wonder, like, with the, the way the androids are in this movie, the uh, the lifelike androids, it kind of makes me wonder if, like, they're actually, they actually do have technology to, to make things like this now. Which I don't see why they wouldn't have that, you know? I mean, because I mean, you can make robots that are fully functional. Like, they got, they got robots, like, in other countries now that are uh, trying to keep people socially distanced, you know what I'm saying? I mean, like, have you seen those, like those dog robots or whatever that they no. have? Yeah, I mean, it looks like a robotic dog. That's why I call it robot dog. But, um, yeah, like they they kind of serve as, uh, um, you know, like monitors, like to monitor people. So I don't I don't see why you wouldn't be able to create something like this. You know, if you can create that, just put a layer of human skin over top of it. T2000. <laughs> yeah. I think technology like that has existed for a long time. We're just now getting to see some of it. Well, not only that, but it's so far advanced even beyond that. Yeah, like the stuff that we're allowed to see, like, I think is uh, kind of older. Like, the stuff that they have now is probably, like, even more advanced. You know what, though? Atkins could have done a better job. <laughs> Maybe that's why she's the ex-wife. I've always liked that uh that classic look of the witches, like the like the green witch with like the wart on the nose and stuff, and the hat. I've always thought that was pretty cool. Speaking of the witches, have you heard that they uh, they remade that movie from the nineties, The Witches? Mm, I haven't heard that. Did you no. see Did you see the original or? I believe I did. Yeah, it's just been a really long time. Uh oh.
that's where she finds out that there's uh, something not quite right with the the masks or the emblem that's on the mask. Oh, we got a shower scene. And, uh, uh, I thought we saw a little bit of beef. Let's say rewind. But well, you probably did through the uh, the, sh- the, the shower door, the fog on the on the <laughs> shower curtain door. But <laughs> yeah. Now I remember this scene being pretty cool. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but. Where she starts investigating the emblem. I like how in this movie, uh, Atkins is trying to close the deal on like <laughs> on any woman that he can. Yeah, like he's he's trying he's macking on this chick too. Chow. That was a thing back then. <laughs> we need to bring that back. Right. That start calling people Buster. <laughs> Uh-oh. She's ready for another round. <laughs> but you just got out of the shower, honey. <laughs> Time to soil the sheets again. Wow. I don't blame you, Tom. Yeah, I mean, I would partake. (laughs) Cute little nightgown, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The best, the best is the fog after he and uh, Jamie Lee, so, got a name? Yeah, yeah, after he sleeps with her or whatever, (laughs) he hadn't even, they hadn't even exchanged names yet. The no-tail motel. (laughs) (laughs) After you hear the song quite a few times, it'll get stuck in your head. (laughs) Good reason for it. You know, it kind of sucks. Like, I haven't really... uh, felt the Halloween vibe much this year. I guess no. because of everything that's happening, you know? But, uh, like, I don't know, you don't really see, like, as many houses with decorations, and I don't know. It just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't be, really have the same feel as what it normally does. It will be interesting to see how many kids actually go out and... Yeah. Which I hope they still do. I mean, because that's something that every, uh, kid should experience when they're younger is trick-or-treating and getting to dress up and all that. What was, uh, speaking of which, what was your, uh, most memorable costume either as a kid or, uh, um, a young adult. Well, as a little kid, probably the, the most fun I ever had was when I went as a Ninja Turtle. Nice. Uh, you remember who you went as? Yeah, it was Raph. Like, Raph, he was always my favorite. But I remember, like, it was pretty cool because, like, my mom made, like, she actually made, like, part of the costume for me. This is before, like, you could just go to any Halloween Express and just pick up the costume. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, they didn't really have as many options back then when we were kids. 
Like, he kind of had to, like, improvise. But I remember, like, she was really good at, like, sewing. So she kind of sewed together, like, a shell for me. Nice. <laughs> yeah, there's, I mean, she's got pictures of it somewhere. But, yeah, it was pretty cool. Like, that was probably my favorite uh, childhood. <laughs> yeah, that's just my wife getting killed. <laughs> that's some good makeup effect. Oh, yeah. No CGI here. No. The emitting light. Oh, that's nasty looking, too. Oh, that's worse. <laughs> that's the power of Stonehenge. Stonehenge. <laughs> yeah, so here's where we get to meet Cochran. He's a great man. You just missed uh, Tom Atkins' butt. <laughs> Want me to rewind it? <laughs> nah, I'm good. How was it? Eh, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how did if, they if, know? I, if, if I swing from that rope, then maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Atkins got extra money to show his ass. I hope so. It's in his writer, his contract. <laughs> yeah. I'm a doctor. Extra 500 bucks for a butt shot. <laughs> Shit, I would do that. I'd hold out for a grand. <laughs> He's got to show up new damage control. We're going to reassemble her. I mean, look at that shit-eating grin on his face. Like, Yeah, you can tell he's a liar. He's a politician. Yeah. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the guy who's uh, playing Cochran there, he was in the first RoboCop as the main... the guy that like ran the corporation or whatever. I, I know Red Foreman was in the original RoboCop. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was one of the lackeys. yeah. He died cool, though. Yeah. I like how they're slow walking back. But yeah, I think the the guy, the Cochran there, he was like the CEO or something of the, the company that was manufacturing... Uh, what was the what was the big robot's name? Ed 209 or something like that? Something like that. Yeah, that was cool. But I gotta get dressed first. <laughs> Not before you hit it one more time, Tom. Yeah. I like how they show up to investigate uh, her dad's murder and they just end up having sex all night. <laughs> I mean, isn't that how you investigate? Well, I mean, investigate that booty. <laughs> <laughs> investigate thy cheeks. Let's call his other girlfriend now. She knows what's up. She's pissed. Yeah, girls can sense when you uh, when you're talking to another girl. 
We've joked. We were joking about that earlier. <laughs> anytime, anytime I'm in a relationship, like they all just start showing up out of the woodwork. <laughs> but if I'm single, it's like you know, crickets. Like chirp, 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 yeah. chirp, chirp. Don't you like that, women? <laughs> Chucky had it right. Yeah, women can't live with them. Period. <laughs> yeah. What was that other line he had? Uh, where he's on the hood of the car, he's like, "You goddamn women drivers." <laughs> <laughs> Brad Dorf. Oh, listening device. Yep. Yeah, Cochran's got some CIA shit going on. <laughs> Maybe he knows Daddy Bush. <laughs> Maybe he's the one that's leaking all these sex tapes. <laughs> <laughs> Easy now, Dan. <laughs> I like how they even got the uh, like the silver shamrock like clocks, like every every little detail in this. They did a lot, a lot of really good detail work on this movie. Like if you look at like the fine fine details, you know, like go, go over with a fine tooth comb, basically. <laughs> oh wow here's a lackey <laughs> do you ever uh, do you ever look like an, look at an older woman sometimes and like you think to yourself like yeah she was probably a babe you know 30-40 years ago like I bet the, the, the woman there that's working the, the desk I bet she was probably a babe back in her day well and then there's some that were supposedly babes back in the day and ooh they don't age well uh oh. Gotta love this experiment. Yeah, he's the uh he's the guinea pig, his family. Some pretty cool masks on the back wall there, too. The werewolf. Look at them sideburns. If I had a haircut like that, I would rock those sideburns. Look at them dinosaurs or whatever on the... <laughs> yeah. Well, he's a jolly good fellow. Yeah. <laughs> he's like the Willy Wonka of Halloween mask. Evil Willy Wonka? Yeah. And that one boy, as you'll see, is kind of like uh, uh, the one girl, whatever's her name, Veruca or Veronica, whatever it is. You know, it does kind of make me wonder, like, when you watch a movie like this, they kind of, if they're. If they pull from like other movies like that, like Willy Wonka and stuff. Well, I mean, think about the tour and yeah. the, the the bratty kid and 
the stuff that happens afterwards. Now, what you see here is a mass factory, and you think, oh, it's boring. Well, <laughs> it's pretty neat. Yeah, I've always thought the uh, the process of making masks is pretty pretty neat. The way they uh, the way they mold the latex and stuff, you know. You would think that nowadays, with today's technology, that the mask would be even better. Some of them are, but let's be honest; like they're like hundreds and hundreds of dollars, and it just shouldn't be that way. Yeah. Well, I think. Uh, if you're getting a good mask, like, I don't think there's really, like, any way that you can make a really good mask uh, on, I don't know, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say here, like, large-scale, industrialized, like, masks, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I think part of, like, the, the magic of a good mask is, like, the, the, the fine, like, hand, hand yep. detail of it, you know? Just my opinion, though. Well, it's like anything, guitars. Well, yeah, um... guitars, too, yeah. But for those to be mass produced, even the pumpkin's cool. I mean, yeah, really cool. It's got the. <laughs> They're all the same. <laughs> you know, they actually put out some. Uh action figures not too long ago of uh like the the pumpkin the witch and the and the skull or whatever like uh the masks from this movie nice but it was like kids wearing the mask or whatever like i thought that was pretty cool probably worth a lot of money now like because a lot of these uh special edition like figures they put out i mean they only do like a small small run of them you know what i mean oh yeah seal of approval <laughs> They're ball busting him. Come on, Cochran. You know what? He's like the Irish Jack Palance. Like he looks like Jack. Palance. <laughs> yeah, he, he does remind you of Jack Palance. <laughs> Here's your lucky deck, Jack. <laughs> yep, the unhappy housewife. Yeah. <laughs> the gold digger. The I just settled down. <laughs> Your guys in the, I could, uh, uh, gray, the gray uh, suits. That's what we should do for Halloween. We should dress up like the henchmen. Yeah. Just wear gray suits and a tie. You know, we were talking about the... Uh, like the the Michael theory earlier, like I mean, I could kind of see that, like why somebody would get that, like from watching this, because like you can even see like the way these guys are like standing, even kind of the, is, the like, stoic look. Yeah, and, like it just it reminds you of Michael, you know, like and their methodical moves. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, it looks like Michael standing there, you know, like hiding in the shadows. Yeah. She just found her dad's car. Uh oh. 
I would do it. But I think that was intentional. She gave their identity away. Yep. <laughs> Cochran's such a great bad guy in this. Like he's, <laughs> he's got those his, those facial expressions. The Marines. <laughs> yeah, Cochrane's jurisdiction. I like when I'm on the road and I run across motels like that, like those old, like those old motels, you know, like that haven't really been renovated or updated in the last like thirty or forty years. <laughs> There's one of those in uh, Alexandria by uh, that old bowling alley we played music at. Oh yeah. The flea bag motel. (laughs) 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 Sorry, buddy. Cochran owns this town. (laughs) Instead of Cincinnati Bill, it's Cochran Bill. He owns the phone lines. Yeah, this is right about the point of the movie where it starts getting pretty good. Yep. That slow burn's starting to yeah. take well, shape. Yeah, it's like we were talking about earlier. I mean, like it's been kind of slow up to this point, but like here's kind of where it starts getting, you know, you start getting the, the delivery of the buildup. I mean, look, even the way they kick the door down and... Yeah. Yeah, like they're methodical, you know? <laughs> I like how he's hiding. Hiding in the shadows. I like how it's got that green glow up on the top of the hill like that. That's pretty cool. That's part of the final uh, final process. Well, and you could tell that uh, that they really kind of kept that in mind, like when they were doing like the lighting of this, like a lot of these scenes. You can kind of see like that green like tent and the lighting there. You know, like there's like just a lot of green going on within like the lighting and the atmosphere and stuff. You know. Like a lot of green, a lot of like uh, like light blue and stuff. <laughs> Just wasting your quarter, Atkins. <laughs> Tom, they can see the, the <laughs> they can see the uh, the cord from the. You know, and something else that's kind of interesting too, like. 
that uh, I can't remember if the uh, the the Michael theory was brought up in this video or not or where I heard this, but uh, you know how like in the original Halloween, like when Michael breaks out of the the mental hospital or whatever, and like he's driving the car and the the guy says uh, uh, like who the hell uh who the hell taught him how to drive a car and Loomis is like well he was doing very well last night, <laughs> like. These, I mean, these guys know how to drive cars, right? I mean, yeah, they're drones. Yeah. Yeah, Ak Atkins is walking right into the trap. The whole place is surveillance. The hotel was surveillance. Yeah. They they watched him and uh what's her face? Yeah. yeah. Cochran was watching him. <laughs> so would it be Cochran or Yeah, Cochran. So now he's They should have done it with the masks on. <laughs> Oh, this will have to be edited. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I put the explicit, uh, explicit content uh, check mark whenever I post these. So well, we're good. fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, if I didn't put that on there, then we might, you know, might be in trouble. But Now, if you go back, was that a Myers mask? A Meyer mask? Yeah, I thought that it, it kind of looked like Michael Myers' mask. Uh, I don't know. I didn't see it. Look at those old ass cameras. <laughs> Have you heard any interviews with Atkins on this movie? Like, I mean, did he... I think it's creepy looking. That is. Um, well, I mean, you know, I've heard some, like, you know, where he just talked about, like, you know, filming and stuff, but. Whenever I met him at one of those horror conventions, I had him sign a, uh, like, a picture from this movie. Nice. That's pretty cool, too, because he signed it, uh, turn it off. Because, you know, at the <laughs> end, like, when he's screaming, turn it off. Yeah, nobody, nobody stands up to Atkins punch. <laughs> yeah, unless you're a drone. Yeah, he didn't know how to, didn't know how to handle that one. Nobody's ever taken one of my punches. <laughs> oh, now I wonder what that stuff's supposed to be like the orange stuff that's coming out of him. I guess just maybe uh, oil maybe the oil that makes them function <laughs> but he's checking to see if he had guts yeah 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 let's see if you got any guts
Yeah, I bet if uh, Cochran could build this thing, he could probably build a pretty mean sex robot. <laughs> what did he say, 1785? Yeah. Yeah. I do like that... Uh, Cochrane is basically like a mythological being in this movie. Like they kind of get into that here in a little bit. Kind of like like an Aleister Crowley type deal, or well, like uh, from the way I kind of understand it is like he's kind of like a interdimensional, like interplanetary like being or whatever that like goes planet to planet and like destroys <laughs> planets kind of thing. Like it's like it's really cool. Like the dialogue they get into here in a, a little bit. Like well. I'll point it out to you like when it happens, but or at least that's kind of the the gist that I get from his explanation. But we'll, you can see what you think of it. Now it's Halloween. I would be kind of interested to hear like what some uh, some theories are on like what Cochran actually is though. Cause, I mean, I know because he's not human. Like, because you can find out out here in a little bit um, of like what people actually think like he is. You know, if he's like a you know a mortal or or what. <laughs> Clearly, he's senile. <laughs> That's a fact. Or just senile, yeah. So, I can't help but think... That's not as fun, though. <laughs> I can't help to think, though, like... And I don't know if anybody's ever brought this up, but, like, this kind of has elements of, like, they live with uh, the the drone type. Yeah. But also, Big Trouble in Little China with the, the mystic approach. Yeah, yeah. It's like... Well, it's got a real uh, Twilight Zone feel to it, oh, too. Oh, that, too. Here's where he gives the description of uh, Stonehenge. <laughs> Ancient technology, yeah. Trade secrets. <laughs> yeah, I've always loved uh, that aspect of this movie, like how they, uh, how they're using like pieces of Stonehenge and the masks to trigger like ancient witchcraft through like broadcasting it through the TVs. I mean, that's that's pretty sophisticated stuff for back in these days. I mean, even now, you know. But they're using it on little children. That's, yeah, that's the scary. And that's part. the horror part of it. Yeah, like yeah, this this movie has a pretty dark story when you really get into it. <laughs> How do you think they got it there? Well, if it's anything like the pyramids. Did they teleport it, maybe? A force to be reckoned with. 
Now, I've always kind of wondered, like, how, uh, how, like, do they get, like, the power of the masks, like, through the TV broadcast? Like, I mean, I know they got, like, all the TVs and stuff set up here, but I, I just kind of wonder, like, what they, like, what the magic was in, like, broadcasting it, you know what I mean? Is it that or is it the song? Yeah, yeah, it could be the song, yeah. Yeah, like an ancient, like, chant or something, yeah. Yep. chant that triggers it on Halloween night because Halloween's always kind of been like the thin line between the like the, the living and the dead you know so this yeah. is an eerie scene yeah here's where we get to see what the masks do Don't look out the window. Yeah, because there is none. <laughs> huh. Test room A. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it probably is the uh, the song that triggers it because like when the kid's watching the TV here, you know, you kind of see that. They are. You ain't. This is sort of when uh, Cochran starts getting into like his, like his creepiness, like his creepy phase. He goes from uh, being all jokes and stuff to, to being creepy. evil. <laughs> creepy Cochran. This is such a cool scene here. <laughs> that look was priceless. Plastic fruit. <laughs> one of the first movies I can think of where like a kid was like killed yeah like that was kind of taboo yeah yeah you know I mean maybe one of the reasons why this movie wasn't as successful is uh I mean the the reasons we mentioned earlier are probably the main reasons but uh maybe it's because the story was too dark you know I don't know it is very dark Oh, if you don't like bugs or snakes. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty damn horrific. <laughs> yep, fucking rattlesnake. Rattlesnake crawling out of your face, basically. 
Look, he's like smiling. Ugh. Tom Atkins looks in, in disbelief. He's, he's got that like, ghost. He's got that ghostly look on his face, like all the color's been drained out of him. So I wonder what that guy wrote down for his thoughts. <laughs> DOA. <laughs> How would you like to be the guy uh, reading the resume of that, that guy? So, what was your last job? Uh, I hammered on Stonehenge. <laughs> well, you can't give away the trade secrets. <laughs> Only those who are about to succumb to a snake through the face get to know that. <laughs> Random city, Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. Baton Rouge. <laughs> Shit, Angeles. <laughs> Shit, Addle. <laughs> Chop. Yeah. Chaz, whatever it is. Yeah. Oh, that was Portland. Whatever it is. Yeah, whatever. Alice Cooper's hometown, Phoenix. I'd like to get out that way sometime. Phoenix. Oh, it's beautiful out there. I have family that lives in Arizona. Oh, yeah? Not, not in Phoenix. I think it's Flagstaff. Oh. Yeah, they go golfing with the coop. Well, that'd be cool. <laughs> I like how she's listening to some easy listening music in the background. Yeah. While talking to her, trying to talk to her man. Yeah, I think this is where she finds out that the uh, the guy in the car was a was an android. <laughs> and of course Cochran's monitoring her too because all those uh, calls were traced so one thing you can say about Cochran though is he's good at covering his tracks this is true Like another uh, famous C word that uh, is good at covering the tracks, but I won't say no names. <laughs> uh oh. Is this a prequel to the Driller Killer? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> to cross over the Slumber Party Massacre. Did you know there was a third one? I did not. 
Yeah, I didn't either. Until, like, recently. Second one was pretty funny, though. Yeah. We had the guitar. Yeah, we always got the guitar that's like a drill. Yeah. <laughs> Just found out servo. Yeah. And you're gone. I thought he was gonna punch her there for a sec, but he went for the drill. Yeah. No, that wouldn't be okay. You can't hit a woman. But you put a drill through her head though. <laughs> yeah, right? And back to the easy listening. I like, uh, you know, that's something else you don't really see in movies enough anymore, I don't think, is like how they uh, will show you a death, but like they won't actually show you the death. You know, no. like you kind of have to like leave like, something to the imagination. Know, you know what's going to happen or what's yeah. it, that, Well, it's like your mind sometimes kind of does the, the, like the, the effect for you, you know? Yep. There's where Cochran describes the whole reason why he's doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gives him the dark backstory here. Carpenter's movies always has like a good story. Oh yeah. Like the the beginning of the fog. Witchcraft. <laughs> yeah, I always thought that was uh Um, yeah, sorry, I just wanted to list, finish listening to him uh, say that point there, but, um, yeah, man, I always thought it was uh, pretty interesting how, uh, they, they kind of describe that, like how the planets, like, were lining up a certain way, so now it's kind of time to, to offer up the sacrifice again. So then, I mean, I know everyone's talked about, like, Stonehenge and also being probably, possibly extraterrestrial related. Yeah. Do you think with the stars and the planets lining up, could this be some sort of like extraterrestrial type instead of them being drones? Which I mean, um, yeah, I mean, or could, is that going even more down a rabbit hole? That, uh, I mean, that's a rabbit hole, but I mean, you know, there could be something to that. You know, I think, uh, I, I think, like, I've always kind of looked at the stories kind of being more like based around like, uh, it kind of centers more around like witchcraft and stuff like that, though, like rather than aliens. 
because he was talking about like uh like the seances and stuff they used to have like like 400 years ago or whatever and right now it's time for a for another one <laughs> a cleansing yeah cleansing basically yeah but they're doing it with their children well it's interesting too because i mean if you really study the occult and uh like that's that's what I always thought was like so good about this movie is like they they really kind of touch on like real stuff like that that like the occult believes. Yeah, because I mean they're into stuff like that, like you know, sacrifice making up sacrifices and yeah, but they're not sacrificing kind of like virgins. It's uh, how fitting they put the skull mask on. Yeah, well that and he's watching the first Halloween, so that's kind of cool. So people can't really say that Michael Myers wasn't in this movie because yeah, right. te- technically he was. <laughs> I guess that was kind of their way of uh, telling people that hey, this this movie is completely a completely different thing than this other movie, you know? Completely different universe. Uh, legitimately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, legitimately different universe. Oh wow, he's wearing corduroys. <laughs> Well, we're having a little bit of technical difficulty here. Oh, now we're good. Maybe. <laughs> good shot, Atkins. <laughs> yeah. Throws the mask on the uh, old camera. Well, son of a bitch, I don't know what's happening to our... Uh... Here we go, I think we got it good now. You know, I think if they were to ever, which I don't want to see them do this because it just, I mean, it wouldn't suck, or it wouldn't be good, it would suck, I think, compared to this one, but if they ever decided to remake this movie, like, you could do a good job with it, like, if you had a good director and a good, a good person to, you know, give give it a direction, because, like, when you think about it, like, the way they, uh... Okay, like, the way they, they kill the kids, right, is, like, through, like, the, the TV screens. Like, now, everybody's got a screen in their pocket. They have a cell phone, you know what I'm saying? And computer screens, and screens are everywhere. So, like, you could really do a good, like, theme story with, uh, like, modern-day technology, you know? Like, of people, like, watching it through, like, their, their phones, through like, the live stream or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, and that would be a good, uh, that'd be a good story, I think. Like, if you had the right person doing it. But, again, I don't... I really don't want to see this movie get remade. I think this is great as it is. It's definitely a very underappreciated movie. Yeah. And the henchman. Atkins trying to <laughs> you know at least the surveillance cameras back then I mean you could kind of spot them oh, now nowadays I mean like you can buy they even have them in like shades now. <laughs> yeah yeah they do 
Yep, hard to spot him now. Now he's in the factory. I wonder if he's going to be like that one guy in all the Molotov cocktails. I used to have a pretty sweet silver shamrock t-shirt. I vaguely remember that. Not too many people got it, though. No. But the ones that did yeah. were cool. Yep, the ones that did. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> his his ex-wife's always nagging him. She's not even listening to him. She's just talking over him. Like, are you drunk? (laughs) 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 The nagging got so bad it starts to skip on the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's kind of the problem with watching DVDs sometimes is, you know, if it gets like the slightest bit of like a fingerprint or something on it, it's like, you know, all of a sudden you're having issues. Atkins, be mad. Well, it might let us finish it. I don't know. There we go. Is it moving or is it still frozen? <laughs> Jesus. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we had a little bit of a technical issue here. So uh, we're picking up the movie from uh, right about the point here where they're running down the hallway. Uh, Atkins just... Got uh, got her out of the room here, and they're they're trying to escape. I don't know if they can though. Is the problem? Well, you know, I mean, we'll find out here in a sec. <laughs> Cochran does got it locked down tighter than a dolphin's ass in there. <laughs> Watertight. Boy. Look how they're trying to get away. Like the most... <laughs> it's like something out of a cartoon. Yeah, fucking Bugs Bunny shit. Yeah. <laughs> I like the sound effects. Y'all, oh, they're creepy. But that's what they're going for too. I mean, so that uh, that eighty synth sound is just I don't know, man. You just can't really match it. Oh, you can definitely tell that it is a Carpenter score, though. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he uh, he really mastered that 80 synth sound effect. It kind of gives you that sound of, like, otherworldly kind of vibes, you know? Oh, yeah.
<laughs> he's just kind of perusing the. Uh... I like the uh, the old equipment they got in there too, like those reel to reels and that light bright right there. <laughs> yeah, light bright with the keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure it was R2 D2 right there on the garbage can. This was high tech shit back then. <laughs> Roll it. Yeah, makes you want. How does he know how to work that? He was probably watching Cochran do the demonstration. Yeah. He's like, that motherfucker's watching me. I'm going to watch him. Cochran just looks creepy. Yeah, he's got the skeleton look. <laughs> That's pretty cool how he dumps those things out. And it kind of... Uh, yeah, it, it attacks. Yeah, like it attacks him because it's got the Stonehenge power in it. Now here in a sec, you see uh, the cocker, and he starts to he starts to go away. So like, this is kind of where I kind of wonder, like, what kind of a what kind of a being is he? Like he starts to kind of evaporate kind of thing. Like almost like maybe he's not dead, but maybe he's just like leaving. You know, I don't know. Like you'll have to see what I'm talking about. Yeah, because he does kind of like disappear. Like Yeah, yeah. But see, something's happening there with the stone. Yeah. As he gives like a, a little golf clap. Touche. <laughs> Touche. Or maybe it's a too late Luther. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some Superman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so he yeah, he starts to he starts to glow there, you know? And yep. Goes away. So long, Halloween masks. <laughs> and we're still having technical issues here. And we're trying to work our way through it here. That way we're not uh, too far behind on the on the now watch you, here. And now you can see the, uh, the skies. Yeah. That orange glow. I think we're coming to the climax, though. I like how they did this old effects back then, though. Back in the day. I mean, a lot of that was just like paintings and shit, you know?
Yep, and here's where you find out uh, here in a sec uh, that his companion here next to him isn't what she seems to be. Nope, she doesn't seem real. And if you notice, she hasn't said a word yet. <laughs> so it really wasn't her. You know, I do sort of uh, wonder now that I've kind of thought about it, like if there is any like validity to that Michael being an android, because like, even the way they move in this movie is kind of like how Michael does, like that robotic like head turn and stuff, you know? Which is probably just all coincidence, but you know. It could be, but I mean, it makes sense. It would be neat, you know, if that was, if that was actually a thing. <laughs> Uh-oh. I mean, even the way, like, she comes to strangle him. I mean, it's just like how Michael always holds his hands out and tire iron to the face. And wait a minute. She's a bot. Yeah, they turned her into a bot pretty quick, though, just being in that room for a little bit. But I guess once you've made a, a bunch of robots, I mean, you, you probably get pretty good at it after <laughs> the first 10 or 12, you know. <laughs> She's got a nice robot keister on her. Well, I mean, Atkins should know. <laughs> Watch out. It's like a chicken when its head's cut off. <laughs> yeah. Not quite dead yet. You think he could get a hand job real quick? <laughs> With that kung fu grip? <laughs> <laughs> It'd take no time. I don't know, I'd be a little uh I'd be a little weary of that. Leary or turned on? <laughs> no no no, weary. Oh, <laughs> You don't want it to crush your dick, you know? <laughs> this is true. He's still got time to save the world. Better hurry. Now there's the chicken with its head cut off. Yeah. It was going for his pants one last time. <laughs> <laughs> And just like the first time he met her, <laughs> she got ridden hard, put away wet. <laughs> Tom Atkins, breaking hearts since 82. Yeah. Breaking hearts and breaking robots. <laughs> yeah. We come full circle here. Back to the very beginning. But he doesn't have the mask. Nope. <laughs> Don't I know you? Makes you wonder, though. 
I wonder how a TV station would respond to something like that, though. You know, like some some lunatic calling up saying, like, oh, if you don't shut this off, everybody's going to die. They would probably just think he's like a terrorist or something nowadays. No, you know? nowadays. Your kid doesn't realize. Nope. Haven't got the third channel yet. Now this is back in the day when he didn't have a hundred channels. <laughs> this is very iconic. Yeah. You know, and it makes me wonder, watching the end of that, I don't know if people have debated this, but like, how do you think that it ended? Do you think that, that I, they ended up shutting the channel off? I was think? just going to ask that, and nobody, and I guess that leaves it up in the air about what would have happened the next year if Carpenter would have done a, another installment of his... Well, if it would have followed this story, if it would have been something else, yeah. Like, I mean, it, just, it does kind of make you wonder, like... I'm of the belief that uh, that he didn't get the channel shut off in time, and that you the know, children started. Uh, yeah, has there that, been any debate on that? Has oh, there I'm been? sure there has been. Yeah, I mean, because I mean, that would have set up a really uh, interesting like sequel. You know, I mean, because could you imagine like a like like pre pre world and then post world of like after you know like thousands of thousands of children died from the masks and the you know like the the broadcast that was sent out to the TV, you know what I mean? Like what like how would you how would you pick up that story like from that point, you know what I mean? Especially after the uh, the guy who supposedly did all this kind of evaporated. <laughs> well yeah, and like it, I think you could really uh, like if you were to pick up the movie like from that point, like it would have been pretty cool like just seeing, you know, like you could pick it up right from like that point of like uh like Atkins screaming on the phone like stop it. You know, and the next movie can kind of pick up and show, like, all the, the masks, like, mutating, the like, heads and stuff. Yeah, and, like, you can just pick right up from him, like, running down the street, you know, like, trying to see what's going on. Like, well, that would been pretty cool, I think. But I guess it's something we'll never, we'll never know. Yeah, it? yeah, we'll never know. Never and know I what guess, the uh, continuation uh, idea was. And once again, I guess because this movie, except for more recently, has, has gained traction. Yeah. You would have thought that that would have been a great debate in the early to mid eighties, like, yeah. whoa, what would have happened? But because the movie was, I don't think well revered, and let's just be honest, it's because Michael Myers wasn't in the movie. Yeah. Technically, that's why. You know, um, I, that's kind of what's uh, always intrigued me about John Carpenter's movies, though. Is like you can tell like his stories are uh, like they're not happy endings, like. Sometimes they kind of have, like, a, a thread of, like, happiness to them, but, like, a lot of times, like, I mean, like, this one, for example, it's, like, you know, I mean, it's it's kind of like a grim ending almost, you know, like, and same thing with, like, They Live, like, They Live, like, when that ends, I mean, yeah, it's kind of a good ending because, like, he kills the signal to where he can see the aliens, but at the same time, it's, like, now everybody knows that, like, the world's full of aliens, you know, kind of thing, so. Damn if you do, damn if you don't. Well, yeah. even, like, Big Trouble Little China. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which really wasn't a scary movie by any chance but it's you know like a lot of his endings like i mean they're kind of like double-edged sword endings where they leave 
the option open for continuation. And it, uh, not only that, but it's, which is smart too. You know? yeah, yeah, because if there were a sequel, kind of like Escape from New York, where yeah. he did Escape from L.A. Yep. But all in all, I, I enjoy the movie. I, it's a different take. Yeah. Um. But like I said, growing up, I didn't really care to see it because it didn't have well, Michael I, Myers in it. Like and, I, I didn't like it when I was a kid. Like cause I remember I watched it when I was, I don't know, probably. 11, 12, 12 years old, something like that. And uh, I just I couldn't get into it because it just it didn't make any sense to me that Michael Myers wouldn't it. I was like, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. Right. You know? But then uh, as I got older... Well, not only that, but we mature as... Yeah. Not only as horror enthusiasts, but like our brains mature. Like, yeah. this isn't a movie if you want blood and gore. This is more of like a psychological type deal, and and those are the movies that I kind of like. I'm more drawn to now, like now that I'm older. Well, yeah, because like, it's kind of more real, I guess. You yeah, know, yeah. You know, and it, it plays on your feelings and emotions, whereas you know, you pop in feast. Yeah, you know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. You know, like well, that I mean, it's thought provoking too. You know, I mean, like there's a lot of different. Uh, a lot of different scenarios you can go through in your mind as to like you know how did they trigger the masks or like how was it being used by Stonehenge? It, I mean, it's, it sparks up great debate. It does, man. Yeah, and it just it's really kind of interesting. Like when you when you break it all down, I and think. it allows us to have a podcast to and have, to yeah, talk about it have, because otherwise yeah, have fun conversations about it. Yeah. Exactly, because I mean, yeah, we could we could pop in Hatchet and watch along, but we wouldn't have good in depth conversations on yeah. it. As we would with this, because, I mean, it, it, and there's a time and place for those movies as well. Don't get me wrong, but absolutely, yeah. I mean, I love the the slasher, the pointless slasher movies. You know what I mean? Like just some guy chopping somebody up. But I mean, it's you know, I, like like you were saying. I mean, I think the the psychological uh, horror, I think, is kind of more. It, it interests me more, you know, nowadays. I, like I said, it's probably because you know we're a little more mature. Our brains are are more mature. We may still be immature at heart, but yeah. we we appreciate things a little differently now. <laughs> yep. Life has a way of doing that to you. This is true. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap up this episode for today. We want to thank you for joining us, and uh, we will be back soon, and we'll catch you later.